0: If you have a Bible, uh, turn with me to John's Gospel in chapter 19. If you uh, don't have a Bible, don't worry because I'm going to read the verses to you and then I'm just going to try and unpack those verses um, in a few minutes and see what uh, we think God is saying to us in His Word and through His Word. John's Gospel, chapter 19. And the story is this Jesus is um, hanging on a cross crucifixion has taken place and uh, Pilate has prepared a notice it reads Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews and it's one of the most dramatic moments in the whole of uh, recorded history and around the cross there are a stack of women who have followed Jesus on his ministry some of them are paid for Jesus ministry Um, some of them are related to Jesus and uh, and they're watching and we read this later knowing that all was now completed. And so the scripture will be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that he breathed, He he bowed his head and gave up his spirit and now I'd love you to turn with me to Matthew's gospel right at the end of Matthew's gospel and chapter six, twenty seven twenty eight <laughs> it's been a long week it's been a good week but it's been a long week For I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Let's just pray. Jesus, in really, really familiar um, verses of scripture, for those of us who've hung around the Bible for a bit, we ask that you'd give us um, uh, fresh eyes to see familiar words fresh understanding uh, around things that we've, uh, we've, we've known of for years and fresh insight so that we might not just be listeners of your word but we might be doers of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to spend some time just looking at the greatest weekend in the history of our world, which is a massive statement. But actually, when you begin to think about it, whether or not you follow Jesus or believe in Jesus or or believe that this book is the word of God, uh, there is almost no doubt that this is the greatest event in the history of our world. History starts from it, points to it. Most of our laws are, are based around the life of Jesus. And there was an event right in the middle of his life that defined absolutely everything that he was about. And there was a moment that he set his face towards the cross the scriptures say he did it deliberately the scriptures tell us that people killed him, but there's, it's very clear from the scriptures that Jesus intentionally set his face towards doing this thing, towards dying on a cross. And, and the scriptures also say that a number of days later, Jesus rose again from the dead. And the whole of our faith, the whole of the reason that we gather in places like this and then missional communities throughout our city during the week, and that we encourage people and we preach and we teach and we do all the things that we do is based on these two things Jesus died. And Jesus rose again. Jesus died and Jesus rose again. I want to spend some time just tonight on the two greatest phrases ever spoken. The two greatest phrases ever spoken. The first phrase Jesus spoke as he's hanging on a cross. We just read it in John's Gospel, chapter 19. He says, as he's given something to drink from a sponge, he says, it is finished. Actually, in our language, it's three words. In his language, back in the day, it was one word, tetelestai. It is finished and it is done. First phrase second phrase i want us to spend just a a little bit of time on is the the phrase of easter day when jesus when the angel says he is risen it is finished he is risen jesus died why did he die jesus rose again what does it mean that he rose again why would we bother coming here Why do I bother preparing talks? Why does a band bother preparing songs? Why do we bother doing anything that we do? This is what it's all about. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. One without the other doesn't work. Friday without Sunday doesn't work. Friday without Sunday doesn't work. Sunday turns Friday into something just incredible. It is, he is risen, turns, it is finished from a staggering epitaph into an incredible invitation. I'll say that again. He is risen, Turns it is finished, from a staggering epitaph into an incredible invitation. You see, if it's just finished and Jesus is dead, then we may as well go home, pack up and do something different with the rest of our lives. But, but, but he is risen suddenly turned that incredibly noble sacrificial life into something that makes a difference dynamically from this moment onwards and forever for all of us and is an open invitation to life and hope and peace and joy and truth and power in every way. One without the other doesn't work. And some of us just want to live at the cross. and some of us just want to live in the resurrection and the cross without the resurrection doesn't work but the resurrection without the cross doesn't work either so let's just hang out here just for a few minutes well, 20 or so the first word is the word tetelestai it gets translated into our language it is finished or it is accomplished or done Jesus is just saying done it's done Everything that the Father had in mind when He sent the Son is done. Everything that He thought about, everything that He was trying to accomplish, everything He was trying to do is now done. It's complete, not just in my teachings, not just in my works, but in my death, and it will be sorted in my resurrection. Jesus is in agony. And he's hanging on a cross and he receives a drink from a sponge of the hyssop plant. It's important because the the hyssop was the symbol of purification and salvation in Israel's history. So he drinks from the symbol of purification and salvation and then he speaks and then he dies. And he says, as he dies, it's now done. Technically, tetelestai is a verb in the perfect tense. Signifying an action completed in the past but with results continuing into the present. In other words, it's done. It's being done, and it will be done. It's, it's totally done. It's being done right now, and it totally will be done. It's finished in the past, but it will be perfected in the present. Tetelestai. And, and you know, as you listen to that word, um, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but it made a lot of sense to the people listening in the day. It was a common Greek word that, the, that Jesus was using. It was the word that a servant would say to his master, and a master would respond. So the servant would say, when he'd done the job, he'd say, Tetelestai, it's done. And the master would respond, yeah, it's done, Tetelestai. An artist would say tetelestai when he or she had turned, looked back from their painting and done the thumb thing and made, looked, I don't know what the thumb thing's all about, but whenever I, I've seen them do it on movies and things like that. In fact, one of the first dates I ever took Nikki on, we went to an art gallery. I think I did this thing. <laughs> you know, I kind of know what I'm doing, don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, when, it's, when it's when any more paint would ruin what you've done. Tedelestai, it's done. It's what a merchant would say when someone owed him or her money and they took the bill and they stamped it, tetelestai, the debt is paid, it's done, it's complete, was a common word, It's, it's what a priest would say when someone would bring a sacrifice and the sacrifice was good, they would say tetelestai, it's done, the sacrifice is complete. And Jesus is saying, hey, I have completed the picture. I have paid the debt I'm the perfect sacrifice it's totally done and what he's saying if you want to dig a little more more deeply he's saying that scripture is fulfilled it's very very if you check this passage of scripture out very very specific scriptural references of the cross and what's happening, if you, if you begin to understand, is, is that everything that Jesus is doing is incredibly deliberate, and everything that's being done to Jesus is incredibly deliberately being done as a fulfillment of the things that have been promised as scripture is being fulfilled. They divided his clothing among themselves and cast lots. You find that in Psalm 22. They didn't break his legs verse 33 you find that in psalm 34 verse 20 also you find interestingly in the story of the exodus way back in time god had this foreshadowing of what would happen by by asking the people of israel to take a lamb and kill the lamb and put the lamb on the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of the house but he said this do not break the lamb's legs What's the weird thing to say isn't it unless he's setting something up for later so that we would truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that God's still in control, they will look on the one they have pierced. Zechariah 12, verse 10. And as Jesus has a spear put in his side. I think the whole of heaven is going, yeah, scripture is being fulfilled. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, pierced for our transgression. As a sheep before her, shearers is silent. He didn't open his mouth. Isaiah 53, scripture is being fulfilled. Why is that so important? It's so important for two reasons. It's so important so that you and I would understand that God is in control. In other words, this isn't something being done to God that takes God by surprise. Pilate didn't take God by surprise and Caiaphas didn't take God by surprise. And all the events of Holy Week suddenly didn't, God didn't get into plan B, C, and D because he was shocked by what was going on. He was totally in control of the situation because he's working his purposes out. Sometimes we don't understand how God is working his purposes out. But he is always working his purposes out. Secondly, secondly, this is important because the word of God does not fail it's trustworthy if you're looking for an anchor for your soul or or a place that you can stand the weight of your life on because everything else in your life is shifting right now circumstances are shifting and situations are shifting and relationships are shifting there is only one place that is absolutely secure it's what God has said and what God is saying because God is God and we are not And this just tells us, you know what, God's purposes always work out. God's word can be trusted. If God says something, he's going to do something. Guys, God has a plan in this universe that's being worked out. The plan is this. For all things to come together under one head. Jesus Christ. The plan is for all things that got broken in the garden to be restored in the new Jerusalem. There's a plan for you. There's a plan for you in this. It's a unique and perfect and beautiful plan. And he's fulfilling it even now. He's working his purposes out. And sometimes it doesn't feel as if God's on plan. But God is always on plan. And his word can totally be trusted. That's the first thing that, that it is finished means. The second thing that it is finished means is it means that the sacrifice is completed. And you'll have to understand, I don't know if you understand something of the Jewish religious sacrificial system. It's a very, very complicated thing and you'll probably need to read Reams and Reams of Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Numbers to understand it. But, but let, me, let me pre-see it like this. The book of Genesis hints of the fact that there has to be a sacrifice The Lord God provides animal skins covering Adam and Eve's shame when they eat of the uh, the fruit of the garden in the middle of the garden. The story of Abraham and Isaac begins to model it. Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain. He's going to sacrifice Isaac. But God provides a ram as a substitute for Isaac. The, The sacrificial system begins to enshrine it. Complex system. Animals, different animals, different festivals. people people had to bring their animals, tucked them under their arm and brought them into Jerusalem and had to sacrifice them. The Passover, as we've just spoken of, models it. But what we read about in the book of Hebrews is that the priest's job in the temple was never done. Never done. The priest always had to stand up on duty because the priest's job was never done. The, 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 The offering never actually did the deal. It never sorted it out completely. It was always imperfect if you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4 I'm just going to read just so that we can check this out and make sure that the preacher is telling you the truth here we go it says this, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin And now let's read this from verses 11 and 12. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And what's going on is the whole of the sacrificial system is moving towards a day when the perfect sacrifice will be given. and There'll be no more need for sacrifices. That's why John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus as he's baptizing in the Jordan, says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because he's saying there is coming a perfect sacrifice. And when Jesus hangs on the cross, he says, It is finished. No more bulls, no more chickens, no more goats, no more blood, no more priests, no more standing up. He sat down because it's done. It's completed. Guys, you don't have to appease God anymore or perform for him or behave in a certain way that would get his attention and his pleasure because it's done. He sat down. What's going on when he says it's finished? Satan has been defeated. that sounds a bit weirdy-weirdy, but stay with me. It's, It's interesting that John describes the place where Jesus was crucified as Golgotha. It's Aramaic and it gets translated the place of the skull. I think it's, well I like to think it's God's eloquent way of saying, I wish to deal with the problem of death at the place of the skull. Let's just go right to the heart of the issue. I want to deal with the problem of death at the place of the skull. It's finished. The enemy's unhindered reign on this earth where he could mess with whatever he wanted to mess with is finished because I'm making an announcement, says Jesus, that it's done. No more. All the authority that was conned out of humanity in the garden as humanity agreed with Satan over the word of God has been taken back. It's done. It's dealt with. It's sorted. Jesus cries, it's finished, as he breathed his last. And I wonder, I wonder whether Satan's smirk, because he probably thought he won at that moment, is yanked into a grimace As he gets it, oh, tetelestai. And and the ancient prophecy in the garden in Genesis looms large in his mind's eye. And Jesus' heel is bruised, but Satan's head is crushed. Jesus' heel is bruised, but Satan's head is crushed. Hey, listen, it is finished means that you don't need to live in fear and anxiety anymore. It is finished means that you can understand that he who is in you is way greater than he who is in the world. In other words you don't have to be anxious and you don't have to be fearful and you don't have to cower and you don't have to live less than who you are because the one who is in you has defeated sin and death and hell and has a plan for you that's bigger. That's bigger than any plan that you can imagine. There is nothing that can stand against you because it is finished. Death cannot hold him and it cannot hold you because it is finished. What's going on? Salvation is being secured. The other scripture writers tell us that at that moment when Jesus says it's finished, the curtain in the temple, which was massive, it was like, I think it was like 80 feet high, and it separated the presence of God from the presence of everybody else. That's what it did. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, an impossible thing. I mean, you can understand how someone might tear their curtain from bottom to top, but how did it tear from top to bottom? Only God can do that. And he did it because he was bursting out. What had happened was at the very beginning of of, of creation and time, God's glory filled the earth and his plan was to presence himself with people. But because people sinned and people ran and people stuck their fingers up at God and said, "Uh, we don't need you, God, the presence of God was constricted to a people, Israel. And because Israel rebelled and Israel turned their back on God and Israel ends up in exile, the presence of God gets restricted from the people of God to one of the people of God. For one day each year, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies inside the temple and be with God. The presence of God was represented by a flame. The moment when Jesus says, it is finished. He's saying separation between God and people is finished. And suddenly God is breaking out. And you can know the presence of God and the power of God in your life. Guiding you, teaching you, leading you, calling you into purpose. Every single moment of every day. Do you know how I know that? Because when the Holy Spirit comes, instead of there being... A flickering flame in the Holy of Holies in the temple. Suddenly when the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost, there is a flickering flame on the top of all of the believers. Remember that? Call them flames of fire. And suddenly the glory of God begins to be seen in the earth. And one day, there will be nothing but the presence of God. It is finished. Salvation Is secured for you. And he sat down. And he sat down. Because there was nothing more for him to do. He sat down. It's finished. And it's kind of just started. Does that make sense? It's finished. And it's kind of just started. Everything that is necessary for your salvation, for your hope, for your peace, for your life, for your future, for your cooperation with what God is doing in this world has been done. It's completed and it's kind of just started. He sat down. That's why it's Good Friday. Because he sat down. But, but Easter Sunday offers a new reality. Easter Sunday offers, it's almost like, and I'm sure this probably is blasphemy me somewhere, but it's almost like it's not enough. You ever thought that? It's almost like that it is finished Stuff's it's not enough. It's not enough, there's this kind of open opportunity, there's this kind of, it's almost like it's, okay, it's your turn. I've done everything I need to do, it's all available, I sit down, over to you. Your shot. Your it's like having the passport, but not the visa. Do you know that? If you, if, you, if you show up in the United States of America with a passport and not a visa, you're not getting in. In fact, you're going back home again. It's like having Wi-Fi, but no code. Isn't that frustrating? It's one of the most frustrating things in the world. Full bars. Don't know the password. It's like you got the iPhone, but you got no service provider. It's like kind of, I got the, it is finished bit... But it's now on me, and I've got no idea. Because <laughs> this is totally dependent on Jesus. And it's done, it's completed, it's finished, it's, it's available. And this is dependent on us going, I'm in. I'm in. He is risen. He is risen. And He is risen kind of authenticates that it's really finished, it's really complete. So, so I can have life and I can have peace I can have peace with God and peace with myself and peace with others is that, is that possible? so I can have hope that I don't have to be afraid I don't have to be fearful of life and death and, and taxes and people and bosses and I can, I can have faith I can have faith to take the whole of my life for everything that I will amount to and stand it on the belief in my heart that there was a God in heaven who loves me that he sent his son for me that he said it is finished and now I can live in the finished work of Christ and continue He is risen Does that mean I can live with purpose You know not just surviving but thriving not just getting through but actually having a plan and a purpose in life that leads me to people and cooperates with what God's plan is is, is, is that possible? And so Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world and preach and teach and make disciples. And what he's saying is, is, is he's saying, look, I am the center and the, and the plan and the purpose and the vision and the heart and the message. So that's me, that's all that's me, but you're the you're the." You're the plan and the tool. You're the people and the vehicle. You're the people that I love and I'm calling you to purpose. So if it's finished, it's true. And you're willing willing to appropriate the finished work of Christ. And when you're willing to say, I'm in, and then the future is incredible. Because you get to participate with everything God is doing. Now go. Go live. Go speak. Go speak hope. Go speak peace. Go do life. Go love people. Go change the world. It's hard. It must be hard, mustn't it? I mean, you can. We, Easter Sunday, we listen to things like "ah." Oh. Probably we don't do that because we're very British. But we go "ah," oh, you know, kind of get excited about this thing. But we don't often live our lives as if we're dreadfully excited about all this stuff, do we? I don't. I don't live my life 24 7 as if I'm dreadfully excited about the fact that it's all done, everything's sorted, everything that was necessary has been done, and now I can live with peace, life, hope, joy, purpose, and truth. And I can be this conduit of the finished work of God. I don't, I don't live as if that's, that's my constant reality. But that's the logical progression of what's being said here, isn't it? It is finished. He is risen it's incredibly hard because go means leave it means leave security it means leave passivity it means go somewhere where it's discomfort and difficult and sometimes people will not understand and sometimes people will look at you as if you're mad and sometimes it will cost you time and energy and money and but he is finished And he is risen. And we are the people of God. He is risen, takes hold of it is finished, and turns it from an incredible epitaph, a great final word from a great man, into the most incredible invitation into life this world has ever heard. And the God who said it is finished and of whom it is said he is risen is here tonight changing lives offering hope bringing peace dealing in joy and sending his people to a world that's broken. I think that's what Easter's all about. Let's pray. I was really struck this week by by the fact that Easter changes normality. The new normal is life and joy and peace and truth and grace. That's that's the new normal. That's what it looks like to be the people Of that it is finished, he is risen. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Spirit of Jesus, mediator of truth, bringer of life, bearer of peace, we invite you to would you help us play our part in the finished work of Christ and posture our hearts to be conduits of the blessing of God? Would you fill our hearts full of joy that we would live normal Christian lives? We ask this in Jesus' name.